Good morning. I, uh, I am Pastor Chris. It's great to see everybody this morning. It's just, uh, it's always a delight to be, to be together. And we are, uh, we've just finished a series called Unfinished, but not the initiative. We have an unfinished initiative that actually lasts for two years. And we spent the first uh, six weeks or so uh, together in groups and uh, working through God's Word in terms of being unfinished. And uh, we did two major steps of commitment. One, we did an uh, unfinished card, which is time and commitment card, and uh, it, it was awesome to see the amount of hours that people said, hey, I want to be able to give, and uh, we've been contacting you. We think we've contacted everybody who made out a card, but we want to make sure. So uh, if, you're, if you're watching streaming, you got a, you got a card in, we didn't get a hold of you, uh, please contact us back, or this morning, drop by the concierge and let them know. Because we want to make sure we follow up on absolutely everyone, everyone's commitment. The second one is the treasure card, which was just last week that we handed in the treasure card. And I'm looking forward to December the 3rd, a couple of weeks from today, when we get to reveal uh, what came in in terms of hours committed, but also what came in in terms of treasure. Like, what was the number? What happened? And uh, you have an opportunity. You may love Skyline. Love where we're headed, but uh, weren't here last week, didn't a chance to drop it in. If you brought your card, then there's a basket on the way out. If you did not bring your card, they'll have cards uh, on the concierge and get that to you and help you all get set up and ready for that. Um, again, I, I cannot wait till December the 3rd when we get to celebrate what God's done amongst us. So today we're talking about gratitude, and I want to start with being in the zone. So uh, if you've ever played basketball or you've watched people play basketball, we talk about being in the zone. When you're in the zone, the basketball rim gets really big and your basketball gets really small. And there's something that happens where your, your heart and your mind are aligned. It's like everything is where it should be and you cannot miss just get me the ball. Get me the ball. It doesn't matter who's guarding me. It doesn't matter where I am. I almost don't even have to open my eyes. I am in the zone. I can drop it in. Now, unfortunately, it's been many years since I've been in the zone. But I, I remember being in the zone. And maybe you can remember being in the zone in a different place. Maybe for you, man, it's that there's times at work that you're in the zone. You're like, Everything is the way it should be, and it's just working right, man. My mind and my heart, it's, it's, it's aligned, and it's just, it's happening. It's happening. I love this. I, I want to stay here forever. I, I bet many of you have been in the zone in relationships before where you were like, I love this person. This person the most important thing in the whole world, and everything they do makes me happy. Even the silly things they do, even the ridiculous, oh man, you're in the zone. You're in the zone. I want to live like this forever. That's what I want to be. I want to do that. Maybe you're in the baking zone or I, all of us have different areas of life where we can enter into the zone. Some of you, some of you drive like that. You drive like you're in the zone, right? <laughs> Nobody can stop you. You are there. Well, Today, I have a very simple message for you. I think God has a simple message for you. In terms of life, gratefulness plays a huge role 
of being able to live in the zone. A huge role. We're going to pick it up in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Next couple weeks, we're going to talk from Philippians 4. And so I'm going to uh, jump into that verse, and let's see what God has for us. First is what to do. What is it that we are to do? The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So rejoice means to delight, be pleased, to be glad. It's not complicated. It's like, yeah, this is good. In the Lord, all right? So throughout today, as I talk about today, you're going to be tempted to be like, yeah, be grateful for everything, right? Stub your toe, be grateful. Right? Just be grateful for everything. It's very important. We're talking about being grateful in the Lord. That's a pretty big key piece of this because he all, it says always, and it says, I will say it again, rejoice. Then he, then he connects this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Somehow, rejoicing and gentleness are connected. Somehow, this rejoicing thing produces somebody who's very gentle, interacts with other people in a gentle way. And uh, keep that in note. It's going to be important as we work our way through the morning. And then he says, the Lord is near. Now, that's what to do. Rejoice, rejoice. What not to do. Do not be anxious in anything, but in every, but in every situation. So do not be anxious. Anxious basically means to worry. It's to, it's to have divided cares. It's that, oh man, I, I, I got this and I got this and I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what's going to happen. It's as if your heart and your mind are divided, especially your mind. It's like kind of all over the place. Most of us, when we're anxious... It's not actually about what's presently happening. It's about what's going to happen. It's, it's not actually what's happening in your life right now that's making you anxious. It's that, oh no, if this is happening, what's going to happen next? How am I going to control what's happening next? And then he, he says, about anything, but in every situation. Now remember, this was written to slaves people living under Roman occupation, city officials. Yes, they had wives and husbands back then too, and kids, right? They lived in a time when there was plenty of really hard situations. But he says, don't be anxious in any of these situations. Now, you may be thinking, great, how? How do you not be anxious? How do you not be filled with worry? Look at all that we have going on around us. He says, this is what to do instead. This is the opposite. What to do instead. He says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He starts with, by prayer, turn to God. Like, I'm anxious. So what am I going to do? I'm going to turn to God. It's, it's a specific action that, yeah, my heart now is not pure. It's not settled. It's, it's all over the place. My brain, my thoughts are wild, right? What do I do? Turn to God. 
Now, when I turn to God, bring your problems and your opportunities to God. Your problems. In other words, you bring to God. This is not your request. Do you bring to God what's going on with you? You bring to God what's happening with you. So lots of times that's fear. Sometimes it's lust. Man, you're just filled with lust. It's bringing to God and say, God, listen, I, I am consumed with this lust. It is the demand for control. God, I have to be in control. I, you don't ever say it that way, do you? What you say is, I can't live like this any longer. I, if that, that can't happen. What's happening can't keep happening. Often you need to come to God and say, God, I deserve better. Because that's what's going on inside of you. That's where the anxiousness is coming from. This is not fair. Talk about your weakness. Reveal it to him. For many of you, your worry is for your children. Bring that to him and how you're reacting to it. And also the opportunity. In, uh, in our world, it's actually not our trouble oftentimes that brings us the most worry. It's all the opportunities. Which house should I buy? Which job should I take? Which wife should I hang out with tonight? No. No. We have all these opportunities, right? Many times I interact with people who they're really, really anxious about what? How do I, how do I choose the right one? I've got so many choices. Now, here's our key, and this is what we're talking about today. Bring it from a place of gratitude. Not complaining and not grumbling. Now, you may say, listen, I have brought my... I've turned to God when I was anxious. I've prayed before when I was anxious. It doesn't work. I have poured my heart out to God when I was anxious. It doesn't work. I've screamed out to God. I have told him how terrible it is and how I can't live like this anymore. And this is... Right, you have. You've done it from a place of complaining and grumbling. You've done it from a place that the world is not fair and you're the one being cheated. You've done it from a place in your relationship struggles that you can't believe how horrible what someone else has done to you. You've come from a grumbling, complaining place. Now, What's it mean to come from a place of gratitude? What's it mean to come from a place of thanksgiving? We're just going to hit two quick things. The first one is this. God is good. God is good. The most central piece of our relationship with God is this. You didn't pursue God. God pursued you. Right now, if you're here this morning and you're struggling, I want you to know, you're not first pursuing God. God is pursuing you. What do you mean? The Bible says that Jesus died for you while you were yet a sinner. When you're Jesus' enemy, when you, you don't want anything to do with him, he said, no, no, I want something to do with you. 
and he gave his life for you. God is good. God is the one who came up with the idea of salvation. God is the idea who came up with the idea of forgiveness. God is the idea, God, who, who gives his first and best to you, who sacrifices for us. He's the one that loves us so much that he gave everything for us. God is good. Just, just take 15 seconds and remember that. No matter where you are in life, God is good. The second one's the big one for me. The second one is this. I don't deserve this. Now, this saying has two sides to it. When I'm grumbling and complaining, I don't deserve this, pertains to the circumstances of my life. But when I do it from a place of gratefulness, I do not deserve my wife, Lori. I don't deserve the love of God. I don't deserve the forgiveness of God. There's no way I deserve heaven. God has promised that he is in work. He, every, he's going to use absolutely everything in my life to help me to become like Christ. I don't deserve that. Everything that God gives to me is by grace. I don't deserve it. But he gives it to us. So, yes, I turn to God, pour out what's going on, and, and then from a place of gratefulness, I make my request known. God, this is what I need. God, this is what I'm asking for. This is what I believe in. This is what the Bible teaches happens when you do that. Here's the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, just real quickly, did you notice how he says, at the beginning he goes, always, all, anything, every, and then all understanding. This is, there's really no exceptions to this as far as this passage is concerned. There's not this place that you are that it doesn't really apply to you. This absolutely applies to you all the time. It, it's an amazing principle. He makes it kind of clear as he works his way through that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. That's the zone. What do you mean? When your heart is pure, when your heart is no longer anxious, when your heart is focused on the good that God has given you, and your mind is thinking according to what God says is true, you're in the zone. What, what's that feel like? What's that look like? Number one, you're not thinking about yourself. Which, by the way, in basketball, when you're in the zone, you do not think about the shot at all. You don't think about yourself at all. You're just playing. You're responding to God's goodness and truth, not to the circumstances of the world around you. You are saying yes to Jesus. And feelings are not king. Jesus is king. When you come to that place in life, you make super wise choices. You respond to tough situations with, what was the word we began with? Gentleness. You're the one person in the room 
that when chaos is going all over the place and your family is falling apart, you're the one person in the room that's responding with gentleness. That's you. Why? You're in the zone. Gratefulness is key to that being guarded. What do you mean guarded? It's as if God puts someone around you, soldiers around your mind and heart. They're going back and forth, back and forth, guarding your mind and heart. And I'm telling you, when you have the peace of God, you can't be stopped. When you operate from that place, you really can't be stopped. It's amazing how you can love and care and minister to other people when you're in that place. It's connected to gratefulness. Now, let's apply it. Let's see, how, how do we do this? If this is so important, how do we do this? A couple things real quick. First, success does not lead to gratitude. Take a look at this. What does a retiree who's worth $100 million spend their days? Miserable. Really? You were miserable? Yeah, because, you know, like any athlete, right, from the ages of six, seven years old, all we knew was one thing, hoop. Yeah. Hoop school, right? Hoop summer, hoop play. We, what do we know? Mm. We're, we haven't had a regular life. No matter how much money you have, if you don't have it, that's why when you, when you hear someone, they'll be like, yeah, my parents still work. My dad just loves to go to work. That's what's keeping him alive. Did you hear that? Success does not lead to gratitude. Based on our cards, none of you makes $100 million. None of you has $100 million. <laughs> or if you did, you're stingy. Guess what? If you did, it wouldn't make you grateful. We've all said it and we've all thought it. If I win the lottery, I will be grateful. No. But gratitude is key, a key ingredient to true success. What's true success? True success is when you're in the zone. True success is when my mind and my heart are free. When I'm not thinking about myself. I, I'm not defending myself. I'm not focused on myself. I'm free. Next little thing before we walk through a couple of steps is this. Gratitude is not a personality trait. We are not talking about those of you who wake up in the morning and you're morning people. And you're happy and you're ready to go and you're married to a, you know, a night person. Oh, grouchy. It's not like you're the grateful one and they're not. That, this is not about personality, right? Yes, some of you are more, your personality is bubblier than others. That's not what this is about. Gratitude is a habit that you develop that turns into a character. Like you, it becomes a characteristic of who you are. And so 
how do we do that? Let me give you just a couple of suggestions this morning. One, develop a rhythm of rejoicing uh, with Jesus. I'm sorry, we're going to go to the next number one. Pray regularly from a place of gratitude. Pray regularly from a place of gratitude. In other words, you've got to build into your life that you, throughout the day, come back to this place of gratitude. It leaks away. It doesn't naturally stay there. We are not naturally, we are not naturally thankful people. We have to come back to it time and time again. And so as we do, you might want to think about having a, this is when I wake up, when I eat lunch, when I go to bed. Were you on purpose? Remember in Jesus, in the Lord, who God is and what he is doing for you right now. A couple of sidelights with this. One is, you may in your life have developed habits where you live in the enemy's camp. You just you exist in the enemy's camp. And so you keep trying to do what God calls you to do while you're living in the enemy's camp. And so it just doesn't work very well. So get out of the enemy's camp. What do you mean? For some of you, you, you intake. All of the music that you intake and the entertainment that you take intake is, is teaching you constantly you deserve more. You deserve everything. You're the greatest. You're being cheated. Or you hang out with people. You're around people who are very ungrateful people. They complain and grumble all the time. That's your companions. You need to get out of the enemy's camp. The other is you may have a habit or several habits that you know it's sin. You know it's wrong. But you just keep going back to that well over and over again. And so... No matter how much praying you do, you're not actually praying with gratitude. You're not actually accepting what God has for you. Get out of the enemy's camp. The second is develop, or the second is to change the scoreboard. Adopt God's scoreboard. We've learned this the last few weeks. In Philippians 1.6 it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, which is true for every believer... That's why if you're here this morning, you have not come to know Christ as your personal Savior. We want you to. We want you to so you can experience what it's like to be loved by God. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You're like, man, am I doing good enough? Am I good enough? Should I, what do I got to do to be good enough? No, that is not Christ's scoreboard. Christ's scoreboard is this. He says, I will make you good enough. I've started this work in I will complete it to the end. I, no, no, no. Christ is going to put my score up there. Christ is the one who's going to, that when I get to the end of life, man, he's going to make me like him. It's on his shoulders. It's not on my shoulders. Number two is develop a prayer team. It's a big deal. 
This is a really big deal. It's why we want you in group. We want that group to become that prayer team. But develop a prayer team. When I was, uh, I actually still use this team, um, but it used to be really severe some years ago. I would, uh, on Sunday mornings, all week, you prepare for the message, you work at it, and then uh, Sunday morning, I'd give the message, and while I'm preparing for the message, I'm in God's Word, and I'm realizing, this is incredible. These people need this. You need this. I've got to get this off. I've got to get this through to you. You need this. And then I would come up there, and I would, I would give the message. And people would be like, eh, hey, this is great, this is good, da 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 Now I get in my truck, and I'm driving home. And while I'm driving home, there's this voice that would come into my head that would go, God gave you the greatest truth in the world, and you blew it. That was a horrible message. How could you do that? How could you take something that good and present it that bad? You stink. You need to quit. These people would be way better off without you. I mean, every week. So I had to develop a prayer team. And every Sunday morning, I would have to call some, that, the members of my prayer team and go, hey guys, can you pray for me? And they'd be like, yeah, I can pray for me. Sometimes I'd be like, no, 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 no. Pray for me while I'm still on the phone. I need to hear the prayer that you're going to pray. That's what a prayer team does. Now, how do you know when it's time to call your prayer team? Well, hey, when you're not reacting in a gentle spirit, remember? Remember? Those who are rejoicing in God are gentle. Now, gentle does not mean nice. This is important. Gentle does not mean nice. Gentle means I'm doing what I'm doing out of what's best for the other person with the Spirit of Christ. So sometimes, in tough situations, people need you to be gentle and nice. But many times, people need you to stand up for what is true and right and good. You need to step into really tough situations with wisdom, not backing down, but with a tone that can only come from God. So when do I need to call them? Man, when, when the gentleness is not there. Number two, when my feelings are out of control. I think you can relate to this. I know this is true, but I feel all of these other things. Call them. When my mind is out of control, when I'm talking to myself over and over and again, and I'm not telling myself what's true. Call the, get your team together and call your team. And then don't stop until your heart and mind are at peace. I think for believers, this might be, in my experience in interacting with people, this might be, man, I wish I could get through this, to, this to, through to you. Anybody ever take antibiotics? What do they tell you when you take antibiotics? Take it for three weeks, Right? Don't take it for a week and a half. Because if you take it for a week and a half, all that happens is you start to kill the bug and then you stop and he gets stronger against that. I, I think this is the same way. Don't just go halfway. 
get to the place where you're like, okay, wait, I'm done talking to myself. I'm hearing what God has to say. I am truly grateful for what God has done for me. I'm at peace. I'm not at peace with the situation. I'm at peace with God, and my mind and my heart are now settled. God is good. I'm getting way more than I deserve. When I was, uh, some of you have heard this story before, but others of you, like we're becoming one equipped church, right? We're becoming this family. One equipped family. Now, I grew up on a farm where uh, we never locked my house, ever, my entire life. We never took the keys out of the car, ever, or the tractors or anything. So uh, when I moved to New Jersey, I brought the farm with me. So for the first 10 years when I lived in New Jersey, I never locked my house. And many, many times, much to my poor wife's chagrin of my poor wife, you could go to my car and the keys are going to be in my car. Now, what do you think about that? Right? That's ridiculous. Why would you not guard your house and your car? It's some of your most valuable possessions. Why would you do that? But I got a question for you. Gratitude is key to God giving you a peace that guards your mind and your heart. Every bad decision you've ever made in your life you made because your mind and your heart were not guarded. Everything you regret in your life, you regret because your mind and your heart were not guarded. Take this key. Apply it to your life. Stop leaving your life unlocked. Let God protect you. Let God guard you. Develop the habit, turning to God, pouring your heart out, and from a place of gratitude, Give him your needs. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this amazing truth. Thank you that each and every one of us, we can live in the zone. You, you personally are our protector. And when we practice this gratitude, when we come before you and we interact with the fact that you are good and that you give us everything you give us by grace, we don't deserve it. 
the door's been opened for your peace to guard our hearts and minds. Lord, I pray for anyone who's here this morning and you, they, don't know, they don't know you, Jesus. T- this morning, today, this week, reveal yourself to them so they can see how much you love them and what you've done for them and how much you want to bring them to a place of peace. Lord, I pray for each believer here today that they do not treat what they heard today as just one more message, one more idea, but they'd pick up their key, begin to develop this habit. so that they could be, they could just enjoy living in the zone. In your name we pray, amen.